Good morning, church family. Hadn't it been a good week? We're so blessed. Um, I want to read you a psalm out of Psalms 91, Psalm 14 and 15. The Lord says, whoever loves me, I will save. I will protect those who know me. They will call to me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. In that wonderful promise. <clears throat> if you are a visitor here today, uh, we'd like to welcome you. Fill out a connect card and just so we can stay in contact with you. And for those that are <clears throat> that are not familiar, we have our box back on the back. You can pay your tithes or you can go online to Cypress Street dot church slash give or uh, do like we do go to our little app on our phone let our bank pay it they send it that cost us any postage <laughs> you I got I live with James Vickery <laughs> just kidding James he, know, he knows I love him on Wednesday nights, we've started back. We've been, uh, Brother Ray's been taking us through, showing us slides through to uh, Israel. Been wonderful. He said this Wednesday night, it's going to be even more exciting. So come celebrate your May birthdays. I think Nancy's cooking chicken and dumplings just for you. Yes. Um, and next Sunday, Carvin Adams will be our speaker. We appreciate both of you men so much for, for your, yes, for challenging us mentally and spiritually. Thank you. Um, also, we're having a rummage sale for our children. <laughs> That's hard work. That's all I'll say. Bring your, clean out your house though and bring your stuff. Don't bring your garbage though. We don't want that. Bring some, bring some good stuff. And um, today we're going to be honoring our, our graduates. Uh, Rachel, Hannah, Nick, and Matt. Hold on just a minute. I, several years ago, I was messing around on Facebook, and I watched somebody shared a admiral. He is a Navy Admiral McRaven. He was doing the commencement speak at University of Texas in Austin, and he said, and it makes sense to me, if you want to change the world, start out by baking your bed. <laughs> and of course the, the audience laughed. He says, if you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. And at the end of the day, that one task completed, you will have turned into many tasks completed, making your bed, 
will also reinforce the fact that little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that's made. That you made, and a bed, a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. And uh, Kathy, if you want to come and honor our graduates. Good morning. Good morning. I've been asked to help honor our graduates today. And then, as I call your name, I'd ask if you'd come join me on the stage. Our first graduate is Matthew Gore, and he couldn't be with us here this morning, but he graduated yesterday from ULM, and he majored in business administration. So we congratulate Matt. Our next graduate is Hannah Mitchell. Hannah will be graduating next Saturday at Louisiana Tech with her bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies. She plans to continue working with the children and the youth at Cypress Street Church of God. In August of 2021, she is going to begin her master's in discipleship with a concentration of women and children's studies at New Orleans Baptist. And we congratulate Hannah. And the church has a little gift for you. Congratulations. Our next graduate is Nick Trichelle. Nick will also be graduating next Saturday from Louisiana Tech with a BS in electrical engineering. He's, he is currently in the Navy's nuclear Propulsion Officer Candidate Program. And in June, he's going to Officer Candidate School in Newport, Rhode Island for several months before beginning assigned to a surface ship as an officer. And we congratulate Nick. And I'm gonna try to get through this one. <laughs> Our next graduate is Rachel Hathaway. She graduated yesterday at ULM with a Master's in Education in Educational Technology Leadership. She plans to continue teaching and coaching teachers and plans to utilize this degree to help with virtual programs that can make education more fluid and more easily accessible for both teachers and students. She also was voted Teacher of the Year at Rival High School this year and she just got a notice that she was the employee of the month for the whole parish of Richland Parish, and she just was honored for that. In June, she plans to start at ULM with her doctoral program with, um, an ed in education, in curriculum, and instruction. And her goal is to graduate in 2023. So we're congratulations. <laughs> And I've asked Brother Ray if he would come up and say a blessing to all our graduates. Sure. If you would, why don't you join me in prayer? I know you love these guys and 
uh, probably in many cases got a chance to see them grow up. And they're pretty much growing up, aren't they? And you've got to be very proud of this crew. It's pretty amazing. And uh, so let's pray for them, okay? Father, we love you, and it's just awesome to see these three young people. And, Lord, what you've already done in their lives, and, man, victories that's already happened, and many things that we see in their lives now. And, Father, all three of them are serving you. Father, here at this church and through their lives. And, God, I'm just excited and feel like, you know, for your stead, I should just tell them how proud we are as a body here uh, Cypress Street of them. We love them. And God, we pray for protection on them, wisdom, and all the plans that they have. God, I pray that you're every bit a part of every decision. Protection in marriage, protection in higher degrees, and protection in the Navy and in leadership. God, just protect them. And also Matthew, God, we pray for him. Just guide him in all the future things that he has. And Lord, we just Pray that your spirit would go with them, empower them, be the energy that lifts them. In Jesus' name we pray and all of us say, amen. amen. Thank you. Awesome. If you're able, let's stand and begin our worship of songs. My life is in you, Lord.
Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name. Savior's love, who 
little tune. It makes me want to go to children's church. <laughs> this past uh, week, two of my sisters had to take a quick trip to uh, West Virginia. And uh, on their way, they stopped one night. And my sister, the youngest sister, left her Bible in, um, she, at the motel. So they left and went on their trip, and she said, oh, I forgot my Bible. We've, I, you know, and my other sister said, it's just a Bible. You can replace it. She said, you don't understand. It's my Bible. So they called the hotel, and um, they saved her Bible. So they stopped back by on their way back to get it. And my sister said that my youngest sister came out holding it like this, like, you know, this is my Bible. And a young woman stopped her, and she said, what do you have? And she said, it's my Bible. And she said, can I have it? And she said, well, it's written all in. And she said, that's okay, it may help me. She said, do you see, tomorrow I'll be homeless. And so she gave her the Bible, and um, she got all her personal stuff out of it and gave her the Bible. And also went and gave her all the cash she had in her purse. Isn't God good? Anyway, I just want to thank y'all all again for being here today. We, we just thank the world of Brother Ray and what he means to us and the message that he's been bringing us. And um, let's just bow our heads in prayer real quick. We thank you so much, Lord, for your love for us. We thank you for sending Brother Ray our way. Thank you for the messages now, anoint him and, and with the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. Wow. What a powerful story. What a powerful story. Wow. Thanks, Donna. That'd be tough. I might say, just a minute, where do you live? I'm running to Walmart or whatever. <laughs> I asked her why she didn't just run in and get one of the Gideons. Yeah, give her a Gideon. Well, the problem with the Gideon Bible, no offense to Dale, but uh, just depends on which version it is, but particularly a person of today getting them a Bible. Uh, you know, it's one reason you'll see I read. Uh, years ago, I transferred over to the New Living Translation, just something real real modern it speaks. What a powerful story. Thank you. Um, also, I want to uh, thank Larry and Nick. My goodness, what, what all. And you're going to see today we've got some 
uh, video stuff too, but how they've been a help, especially on the Wednesday night thing and what we've done and where we went to uh, last week. And thanks so much for each of you being here. Uh, of course, we're going to have good food. I'm going to not eat for two days and be, <laughs> be ready for you. Uh, but uh, seriously, uh, look forward to that. And, and I was just going to share a highlight. We're going to show you where Jesus was born and we'll show you the empty tomb. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, not too many people get to especially see the empty tomb, so we're going to show you. Got a chance to walk in there, and um, it's pretty cool, pretty amazing, really neat. Um, but I want to thank them, and especially Nick as he gets ready to go off. Y'all just keep him in prayer, um, I guess, one more week of school, and then what all he's got there, and uh, officer candidate school, and just keep him in your prayers and uh, and all. That's a big step. So. We want you to uh, know we love you, and I know for everybody you'll say something to him before he leaves as well. Um, so we're looking forward to Wednesday night. A couple things I want to do before we get started. Uh, just mention to you guys, um, I appreciate your prayers. Still having some health issues. Also, my daughter who was here, Dr. Brooke Kills, this past week, moved to Dallas. Uh, she's still with Mercy, but she's taken on another project of Lighthouse Recovery. Uh, looking for a home, and in Dallas right now it's insane. But I know God's in control. He orchestrated the move, but I also believe in reaching out to my family and saying, hey, pray. So when you think about uh, me, pray for me, pray for my daughter, pray for mercy, pray for any ministries, pray for Nick, uh, pray for a uh, sister who gave her Bible away, <laughs> whatever, we all need prayer. Uh, I want to say a short prayer this morning. Lord, I pray that your spirit would fall upon each of us again. What a joy to celebrate this morning in worship and these graduates, man, all of them graduating from college and master's degrees ahead and all the things that, that are there, the future. Lord, I, I believe all of them will be in ministry. They are in ministry. God, they're the, the church of today and tomorrow. So I again feel led to just say, re-anoint them, encourage them. Anoint the people today, and Lord, may this, uh, this message today that's uh, kind of powerful in some ways and entertaining in others, and Lord, just uh, you laid it on my heart for today, and I pray that it would speak to us Lord, I pray we won't be uh, negative in any way, but Lord, it would be encouraging. There's no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, but Lord, we do face a battle. So Lord, I pray that uh, we leave this place with a new hope. And God, I just pray you'd give me the freedom to share what you've laid on my heart. In Christ's name, amen. Um, also, I want you to be praying for your leaders here at the church, especially as you pray for those in the country. You know, with the pandemic going on, the global economy like it is, uh, I'm going to cover some negative stuff. Politics, uh, we talked about Wednesday night, and I'm sure if you have any kind of news feed, you know a war is going over in Israel. Uh, what's going on over there? Pretty crazy. With all that going on, you might say, well, what's the hope? What's the hope for 2021? 
Well, I'm of course optimistic. Some of you have had the vaccine, know what I'm talking about. It's nice to look around and not everybody has a mask and you know, it's nothing wrong with those that do. I'm just saying some of us have been able to be vaccinated. Some of us have even come in contact and God's blessed us. So yes, there's that hope. Uh, but what's the hope for 2021 and beyond? Because every now and then we'll hear a little thing on the news about a new strain has come out or they're working on a new one in Wuhan or whatever. Uh, and you know, all these kind of things. You know, what's the hope? Well, do you want to put your hope in science? Do you want to put your hope in, and look, God uses science. In fact, I believe God created science because I think he created everything. Um, but do you put your hope in medicine? Do you put your hope in, his, in, in, in politics? We're going to elect a new leader. This, when we elect this person, everything's going to be all right. You know? Well, I want to tell you, if you study the Bible, brothers and sisters, the people wanted a king. But who needs to be our king? Do you know? Jesus Christ, God Almighty. And, and man, that's what God told Israel. You don't want, need a king. <laughs> You know, because I'm going to give him authority and he's going to have authority over you and it's not going to always be good because they're human. And there were some good kings in the country flourished, but as a whole, they struggled too. But boy, there were some bad kings. Where's your hope? This is hard to believe. I'm going to see how old you are. 44 years ago, this coming week, a movie was released that really changed a lot of things that are going on. It's, it was the highest gross, grossing movie and entire franchise ever. It's now number two, but it's still going on, so it might continue. And it's hard to believe it was 45, 44 years ago this week, but it was a movie that talked about a time in the future when the world was real dark, the universe was real dark, there was no hope. And they actually started the movie series with the uh, fourth of a movie. That's never really been done like that before. You start with number four, and it was four, five, and six. Then, we, then they went back and did one, two, and three. And then there was seven, eight, and nine. And then there's 10, 11, 12, you know, there's a bunch. Oh, and then they threw a few others in there, and then there were some unauthorized versions that came in. So it's just kind of gone ongoing and ongoing. But anyway, it, what I want to use this for, and if you can read this in a few minutes, you'll be able to see it and you'll, you'll understand it. But it was a dark time, overwhelming evil, and I guess I kind of can relate to that with what I see today. I don't see in the world, not in the world, us in the body of Christ, but in the world, it's just like people have lost hope. And I, I just sense that going on. So I want you to watch this just a minute about a new hope.
How many of you remember that? I'd like to see. Well, that's good. If you didn't go to it, don't tell anybody. Okay, I'm just telling you, they might wonder if you're American or ever been to a movie or. Man, I can't, can anybody not believe that's 44 years ago? I mean, to me, Luke still was, that was maybe 10 years ago, 12, 15, 20 at the moment. 44. My goodness gracious. Wow. Wow, time flies. My goodness gracious. Well, if you couldn't read the scroll or you didn't go to the movie, um, in the future, there's a civil war that's going on, and this evil galactic empire, to me, satanic kind of thing, is ruling. It's all about politics and control and, and evil and darkness and all that sort of thing. And there's a small group of freedom fighters that are fighting to try to get a victory, and they won their first battle. They were able to steal the plans to this moon-sized weapon, huge weapon called a Death Star that can uh, destroy a planet. And so they've stolen the plans, they're gonna study them to see what the, the hope is to destroy it. So there's a new hope, that's why the name of, of, of the story, because it's literally a David and Goliath kind of story, this little group against this evil, powerful empire. And what has happened is people have lost hope. Everybody, in fact, they don't have faith anymore. All through the whole movie, they don't believe it. There's another main character in it, Han Solo, and uh, an animal called Chewbacca, and some others. And they don't really believe. They don't, they, they don't believe there's any force or any God or anything like that. But there's a few people that do believe. Um, and so I thought, why this movie? And, and again, it's because I think there's similarities and analogies to what's going on today. The universe, the world, the earth seems to have lost hope in and of itself. And the good alliance begins to realize that there's a battle going on. And the battle is between good and evil. It's not against that person or that person. And I think even I sometimes go, well, if we just got rid of that person or if we put this person in there, wouldn't it be better? And, I, and maybe it would, but we've got to remember we don't fight against, good, uh, against people. It's not that kind of battle that's going on. And it's not all about science, and it's not all about weapons. Now, I guarantee you, Israel is very thankful that they have the defense system that they have from the United States, because what was it, 1,500 rockets have been fired at Israel, and not that many have hit their target, thanks to that. I've got that. But it's not human uh, power. It's not military power. It's not political solutions or military solutions. If that was the case, we'd already have it. We'd already been arrived. So I have on your outline a scripture that I'd like you to look at with me. And I'm going to read a little more than you have on your outline. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, New Living Translation. A final word, Paul says. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want to stop there. Last week, I preached a message on Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and three times it said, be strong and be courageous. Here we are. Be strong in who? 
the Lord and in his mighty power put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What a beautiful scripture. What a powerful scripture. It really fits into many messages that I've shared, how it all comes together. But here's point number one on your outline. We all face battles. Every person in this room, in fact, you'll think you're 95 and not face battles. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You've only just begun at 95. Just getting up in the morning. is <laughs> Making your bed. <laughs> making your bed's a battle. You know, uh, moving. We all face battles against a powerful, evil empire. This is so simple, yet I bet every person in this room, including this minister, forgets this from time to time. Every day, you don't need to leave the house Debbie Downer. I don't know why we're picking on Debbie. Robert Downer, whoever it is. Robert Downer Jr. <laughs> you know, you don't, but this is something you don't need to forget. You're going out into an evil world. Your job is to smile and let the spirit flow through you, but you're going out into a void and, and, and a dead, in a lot of ways, evil world. And we should, as Paul says, expect it. In fact, count it joy when people don't like it. Now, don't ever, 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 ever go out there with a holier-than-thou, righteous, self-righteous indignation slam you. Like, I don't like what you're wearing, Donna. If Jesus was in your life, you'd have purple on or whatever it is. The church needs no body ever, ever, ever to condemn people. And some of us got to get that out of our heart. Jesus didn't condemn. The woman at the well had slept with many men, wasn't even with what she there was no condemnation. She set, he set her free. It's about love. We we go out in a battle of love. We put on the helmet of salvation. We're saved. It's protected. But we go in the spirit. But here's what I want you to know: you go out into an evil world. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to shock you, but this world is not godly. In fact, this world is Satan's, really. 
And we gotta know that, expect it. Or somebody said, get over it, grow up. It's a reality. So, every day we're gonna fight a battle. And my battle, I'll tell you about mine and we'll see how you fit in, okay? Every day I fight a battle and I think you do too. Do we follow the natural self or us theologians, edemic nature? Do we follow that, what it tells us to do every day? Feel good now, material girl. <laughs> uh, you know, do we, do we do that every day or do we follow the spirit? It's that simple. Am I gonna do what the flesh says? And you might go, I've conquered the flesh, there is no flesh. Well, wait with me a little bit. We're gonna see if that's biblical, okay? You're, you can be saved, and I pray that you are. You can be led in the Spirit and sanctified, but unless you're living by the Spirit, the flesh is there, and it creeps up every now and then. Do you follow what I'm saying? And you gotta conquer it with God's power. And so which, which battle? Every day, Paul says I do it daily, and if Paul did it daily, some of us might ever do it every 30 minutes. Maybe we'll be on a, one of them timers that kicks off on your phone every hour. Am I dying daily to self, you know, kind of going up? Or do we follow the crowd? It's the wide road. It's the easy road. It's, it's smooth. It's, it's all the signs lead there and everybody's beside you and you can just let go of the steering wheel and the car will drive itself now. That's, that's the easy road. That's where everybody's going. Have you ever been in such traffic before in one of the broken courses over in Dallas? And you know, I, I remember when 635 was just, they built it and it was just three lanes each, each side. And now I think in some places it's six lanes on each side and they have a pay lane that you can go down under and over and kind of like, sort of like the Texas giant roller coaster. You pay a you know, fee and you just go up and down. But my point is, you get, have you ever been in traffic and you're like that and you got it? oh, there's my exit. Well, in Monroe, you just go to the exit, trust me. <laughs> you know, they just got, you not go into that exit because you're gonna have bumper cars all the way around you. So you just go with the crowd. Do we do that? That's the natural, easy way. Or do we follow the straight and narrow path that many times is the road less traveled? And it, it kind of takes us different places, maybe the scenic route, maybe to a homeless person that needs a Bible. You're not gonna get that on I-635. You follow what I'm saying? Do you think God didn't know that lady was gonna be there and the Bible needed to be left and we have to go back at the right time? Sometimes I think we forget who God is. We think, boy, I bet that shocked God. I'm here to tell you God has never been shocked. He's never gone, I didn't think of that. Because he's in all dimensions. He was back there. He's right here in this place right now in spirit. And guess what? Praise God. He's tomorrow and he's the next day and he's in the future. And that gives me hope. That gets me excited. Do you wanna, do you, do, I think every day we decide, do we wanna fight the battle and be on the side of light and let the force be with us? The force, the Holy Spirit? Or do we wanna kind of slip into darkness? 
go up into our man cave, turn the lights off, and turn the TV on. You know, what, what, do, we, what do we want to do? In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, I think it's on your outline, yes. It said, Jesus tells us, Jesus, Son of God, in Luke. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. There's no material girl. Take up your cross every Sunday and follow me. Isn't that what it says? Oh, oh, it, it says something different. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake, you'll save it. Those words are harsh, but you know what? They're really not, and they are so true. If you try to hold on to your life and do it your way, I want you to paint a picture and see how your life would be. Let's say you were raised by very phlegmatic parents, both of them. Bless your heart, you probably get extra credit from God for being raised by two phlegmatic parents, okay? And they just don't ever want to punish you, want to give you everything you, you've got. And I know none of you are this way, so calm down. You're all good. And you give, they give you everything you want, anytime you want it, no matter what. And you always have it your way. What kind of person would you grow up to be? I'm going to paint a terrible one. You are not employable. You would never be able to be employed, ever. I know a couple people that that's happened to. I mean, I've had to treat them. Uh, buried one of them. Because mom and dad bailed them out of jail, never had a consequence, never had a consequence. I don't think they ever were spanked or anything, no consequence or anything. So the first time you go to work at McDonald's or where, and I think everybody should go to work at McDonald's or a gas station or somewhere, and that will assure they're like these amazing graduates up here, they will go to college, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing. The first time you go to Boston, he says, no, boy, you do it this way. Yeah, but he walks off. You say, you're unemployable. You can't work. And I'm going to tell you, you're almost unsavable. Because you don't, you don't have any idea of authority or, or holiness or God. You follow what I'm saying? You're, you're, in fact, the term for that is spoiled, rotten, brat. Snot. It's not good. I hope I'm not on the camera. <laughs> now, I know you're not sitting next to somebody that's a spoiled, rotten brat. They might be spoiled a little bit, but <laughs> I love it when I, sometimes I'm speaking and it's packed out and there's husbands and wives together and you'll see that, you know. You, <laughs> it's, it's just from up here it's funny, that's all I'm saying. So, we all face battles against a powerful evil empire and we need to die daily to self and be powered by the Spirit as we go out, which leads us to the second one. There are times when we fall in this battle and hope fades. Boy, Pastor Ray, you're being rah, rah, wonderful, positive. Well, I want to tell you the truth. 
There's not a person in this room that hasn't let their armor down, their guard down. It's usually a slow fade. You know, you don't go from A to Z, but usually we slowly kind of start slipping. Somebody offends us. Uh, something happens in our life. We have a health problem, whatever. Things in life come. We're living in a fallen world. We're not in the Garden of Eden anymore. We mess that up. And sometimes things, you know, don't go well. And we don't even, you know, the, the Bible talks about it, and this is a beautiful scripture. It talks about sins that so easily beset us. In other words, all of us in this room have a sin that's a struggle. That's, that's the thing there that tends to get us. And I'll tell you this, as you grow in the Lord, it can change. And it will change sometimes. But what, what my temptation is and my struggle is not the same thing as yours. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all manner, but he didn't sin. Well, Satan tempted him with all kinds of things. Different than he would ever tempt us because he couldn't tempt us with, you know, if you'll bow down to me, then everybody instantly will have it easy. No more, you know, battles. I, you know, I can't offer that. I'm just saying he, he dealt with it. But all of us have things in our life that, that we struggle with and sin. And we're so politically correct now, none of us have sins anymore. You don't even have problems anymore. You have issues. I have issues. All God's children's got issues. You know what? We all know about substance abuse, but sometimes we need to be honest. You know, obviously we talk about alcohol and drinking, but there's food addictions, there's chemical addictions, medical and non-chemical. Man, if you don't think there aren't medical, look at what the medical profession's done with all the opioid problems. You can go to the doctor and man, I, I know some people, I don't know what they could do because they have a tremendous, like fibromyalgia or some of these other disorders and there's no treatment for it and they don't know what to do, but they hook them and the cure's almost worse than the disease. You know what I'm saying? Innocent, but they get all caught in that. You know, there's, I'll tell you what, there's attitude addictions. I mean, I'm, I know this, we got people that have attitude problems. They love to tell you off. And, and I'm just going to tell you, God has given me the gift to be able to tell people off that like telling people off. And I have to keep it under control because that's, it's, it's fun sometimes, you know, when you get somebody, because God's allowed me to see inside somebody's mind that when they're cocky and mean, they're really very insecure in that. You know what I mean? I see that picture. So I know what buttons to punch to make them cry. I can make mean people cry. In fact, I told somebody, that I make people cry. That's not good. Now, if you're a counselor trying to break them down to get them where they need to be, you're supposed to do that. But the point is you're not supposed to like it. <laughs> so I have issues. I'm so glad God's in my life keeping that under control. You know? Now, you, I'm making fun of myself, but that's because we don't want to make fun of you or talk about yours. You know, I know people, and boy, mercy's full of it, with self-view problems. Their view of their self is terrible. Terrible. And based on how we were raised, I, I talked to you about, you know, that with fathers, godly fathers, godly mothers. 
maybe we didn't have that. So we got issues. It's a struggle. It really is a struggle. And that's what we do is going in trying to allow God to pour in to see that God loves you and, and, and our God, God doesn't create junk and you're a value to him. You know, and they struggle with that. It ruins their whole life. Yes, there's physical and health issues, and they're real. You know, there's sexuality issues, language issues, integrity issues, commitment issues. I know people that just can't commit to anything. There's all kinds of issues, and this is my favorite. It's a new one. Volunteering issues. And all God's leaders said <laughs> amen. There's a movie the other day, my grandson's living with me. It's a joy. He stays with us every chance he can. We're so blessed. He's with us all summers and fall breaks and spring breaks. I'm so glad they have fall breaks. They didn't have those when I was coming up. But, you know, they got breaks every 50. And every Friday's uh, school's off for a teacher in service or something like that. Anyway, there was this movie trailer on a kid's film the other day. He was watching and somebody asked for help in the little animated thing that I was watching, and one of the animal characters fainted and just fell over in the deal. And his buddy reaches up and said, it's okay, he's allergic to volunteering. <laughs> I said, I'm putting that in this sermon. That's just too good. So he just passed out. Oh, he might have to volunteer. That's, we've got a problem with volunteering. It's funny. There's not a person that loves God or calls themselves a Christian that doesn't want the church to succeed, but many of them have never volunteered. Well, a plus B equals C. Well, leave it to somebody else. No, we all need to do our part, right? We all do our part. And then there's the opposite problem. I've struggled with this. See, this is the point you get to on the dumb internet. They know all my problems. Some of them, not all my problems, but some of them. I'm a workaholic. At one time, I was employed in four places at the same time and had a couple more hobbies. Most of the time, I've always had two full-time jobs. I do not like to sleep, and it's kind of paid a toll on my body. I should have, I've been road hard and put up wet, so to speak. I should have done things differently. But you know what? We sometimes admire people that do that, but no, it's an issue. It's just crazy. I just love, I would be leaving Morehouse Parish up there and driving and go, oh yeah, and pull out my notes or something. What class am I teaching tonight? Tonight's Tuesday night. Flip out my notes there and be driving down the road, you know, and look, oh yeah, yeah, you know, and, 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 and it would come and I'd do that. Then I'd go home, eat supper about 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, crash, get up in the morning, next day do the same thing, you know, probably have phone calls. I spent a lot of my time, thank the Lord for the 20 minute drive and cassette tapes. I'd be listening to sermons, Maxwell, the Bible on tape. I'd burn out the Bible on tape. I hadn't got the James Earl Jones one yet, but I got one with uh, this guy, Verily, Verily. I mean, he's so good in there. I can't even talk that good, you know, and you listen to the Word of God. You know, just pouring into me stuff or making church phone calls later as a pastor while you're driving because you got to multitask. Well, you know what? That's a problem. That's a problem. And then I think we all struggle with this one. We don't want to call it sin, priority issues. Is there anybody here who wants to say, oh, I have no priority issues? All of us do. 
In other words, there's times we really ought to be thinking about what we're doing now and go, you know what, our priorities are a little, let's reassess it. I think every now and then, I love it in Psalms 139, test me in this, Lord, and see if there's any wicked way in me. And then several other places in the Word of God, it says to really reprioritize what you're doing and focus back. What is it right now, God, you want me to do? And here's a great one. After you get up and make your bed, after you do that, you say, God, today, what is the priorities you want me to accomplish today? Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Oh, but Friday, I got this coming up, and you can run all the rest of the week worrying about what's coming up Friday. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. So the point is, not just that we all fail or have fallen, but we can gradually forget who we are and whose we are. Then we all see this repeated failure going on in our life, and we just see failure after failure, and we start thinking about that. Then we begin to believe it, I'm just a failure, and then we lose hope. And that's, in the movie, what happened? They were just one battle after another battle after another battle. They just kept losing, kept losing, and they had lost hope. And sometimes we do the same thing. The Apostle Paul covers this well in, on your outline there in Romans chapter 7, verse 21-24. He says, I have discovered this principle that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person that I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? In other words, Paul's saying, I, do, I don't do what I want to do. I want to do good. I know the word. Thank goodness the word's hidden in his heart. That's the best thing to start with. But he's, it's miserable, this battle going on. You know, what, what's the hope? There is a hope. Secondly, in Romans 6, 1 through 2, it says, do I keep failing just to keep failing? Oh, no. Well, then, should we keep on sinning? Oh, let's make it modern. Well then, should we keep on having our issues so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So we're in a battle. So how can that be that I have this battle going on within me? I have this battle going on and many times I, I, I kind of fall but it says we can't keep sinning so grace more abound. What's the answer? How do we handle that? Is there any hope? I'm sorry. Is there any hope? Thirdly, there is always a hope within us that powers our victory. And the answer is absolutely there's a hope. Paul tells us, if you go on to read it, that the answer is number one, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not, I came down with my friend, knelt at an altar or certain churches, shake the preacher's hand or made an appointment with him and met with him. I went under the water. 
I'm done, that's it. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's no more anything I need to do, I'm done. Let me tell you that will not get you to heaven if it's on the outside. It has to be a transformed heart on the inside. And it's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ which leads to the second neatest part of all this, and that is it's ongoing all the time. I'm still growing in him. Praise the Lord, he doesn't do it one time and that's it. In fact, the second part of that is we must yield to the Spirit of God. We've got to yield to the Spirit of God within us. Look at our scripture there, Romans 8, 1 through 2, and I'm gonna skip for time, 5 to 6 and 12 to 14. I read this, I share this with you guys all the time. Verse 8, 1 is awesome. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So that's the answer that I had the question earlier. What's the hope? It's yes, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but in this daily battle, hourly battle, moment battle, or maybe it's a good day and later you think everything's wonderful. I don't know if you've had those kind of days. I've had wonderful days and then the next day like, whoa, what happened? You know, some, all these circumstances happen. Hey, your mom fall, fail, or you know, any call or anything can happen. Here's the thing, you have the Spirit of God within you that Jesus gives us to face that battle. There's a force within us that we must depend on and seek and listen to. So verse five, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I want you to notice it says, but letting. In other words, we make a decision every day or every hour or whenever, which one of the ones we're gonna let control our life. I could very easily, somebody says something or hurts somebody or whatever, I could very easily let myself come out and wanna set them straight, right? Or I could let the Spirit come in and go, bless their heart. That's Southern for their messed up. But still, I could let the Spirit lead me and either go, God, and the Spirit may say, don't say nothing. To Ray Owens, don't say nothing? Yeah. How many of you know sometimes the Spirit tells you to keep your mouth closed? Any husbands here? But also sometimes the Spirit says speak up with boldness, doesn't he? And I've failed on both ends. I've spoken when I shouldn't and I didn't speak when I should have. So yes, I, fall, I, fall, I, I failed. And then finally in verse 12, beautiful. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, I love this. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Now, I know there's theology out there that says you sin all the time and you're just a sinner, keep sinning, you can't help it. But that's pretty clear. You have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. Because if you live by that, you're gonna die because you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna do things you shouldn't do, it's not gonna be good. 
But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So once we accept Jesus and we get the Spirit, we have a power within us to have victory. Do you agree with that? I hope you do. I pray you do. I pray you don't just uh, uh, know it. I, I, I pray it becomes a part of you. You don't have to sin. You can have victory. Does it mean you won't sin or you never want to say, I never have sinned, all have. No, but what I'm saying is there's a power within us that moves us to live a life that's acceptable to God. And that's so important. I'm going to play a, another clip. And there's a, I just want to tell you a little lead in. In this final battle with just minutes, seconds left before this Death Star can destroy a planet, you know, the star of the show is flying his fighter to find the, the link that, that there's a little hole, small hole, to shoot a weapon down. It has to go down the middle to blow it up. And targeting computers are there, all the high-tech stuff, everything, and that's not been successful. And as you watch this, you'll see, if you hadn't seen it, that this guy decides, you know what? I've got to live by something else. I've got to depend on something else. And um, this person speaks to him and he hears that. So I want to watch this, play this.
on the bottom of your outline I have there's hope. You can win against our enemy. You know, there's also hope, and I have a quote there. I don't know where that came from. I remember my mother giving me that. And I guess it's something that's always meant a lot in my life. And it says, what I don't control by the Holy Spirit will control me. Jesus said, and sure, be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We had that put on there. That wasn't on the real movie, by the way. That was uh, edited. In other words, there's hope. And I want to encourage you that you're never alone. But I want to encourage you because I sense that sometimes in our lives we have an issue, a health issue, or uh, uh, maybe a, a struggle that we have in our life and we fought it and we fought it and we fought it and we fought it and that's why I use this movie and this whole thing. There's no hope. And I want to tell you, you, God would say to you, never, ever, ever give up. Almost the same quote as Winston Churchill. Never, never. You know, I guess I can hear that voice but we are to never give up. Do you agree with that? Never. If you're on this side, never give up. I know people that it's like they don't experience any victory almost till the time of their death almost. God wants us to have victory each and every day, brothers and sisters, and we're never alone. He's always with us, and he's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to win this battle. Worship team. We're going to close with singing a song that sometimes we need to remind ourselves that we're on the winning side. If you have a Bible, you can turn to the back of it and read the end of the book. Did you know we, in fact, we've already won. Remember, God's in the future. He's already seen the future. He is the future. We've already won. We're on the winning side. Sometimes we need to look up, know we're on the winning side, and know we have power over Satan in our own life and in other people's lives, God gave us power in the Holy Spirit, kind of like God gave Luke the force, okay? God's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to win and to have victory, amen? Stand with us, we're gonna sing, we're on the winning side.
thank everyone for being here. It's good to see you. I'm sorry y'all all had to sit through that sermon that was just for me. <laughs> oh, this week I was uh, had my 11-year-old granddaughter and we went through the car wash. And um, I was going in and a guy was coming out. And it was a tight squeeze. And he looked at me and went, and y'all... <laughs> No, I, there she, there sat my 11-year-old granddaughter, and I said, Emery, do I think, do you think I need to show him that there's arrows both way? And in her little oak grove, slow voice, she said, well, Nina, I guess you just need to ask what would Jesus do? <laughs> so I said, okay. We'll just wish him a happy day and go on. <laughs> but thank you, Brother Wright. That was a wonderful sermon. Thank you for the work that you put into it. Um, circles are next. Remember all of our shut-ins and our sickness that people are going through. And if you need to text Karen, her number is um, somewhere on this page. Yeah. Or you can call the church office at 323 2982. But um, let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for, again, the men that study and, and bring the sermons to us each week. Pray that you will go with us and help us to live our lives for you, Lord. It's not about us. It's not showing us that whether or not we were right, done right. It's about showing your love and mercy. And we thank you, Lord, for your living in our hearts. Amen. 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 Um, remember circles. And Wednesday night. <laughs>